When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to a brand new edition of Zone Time. I'm Julian. Avery's here. Omar's here. Sam is here. Uh, I spent pretty much an entire week. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, I, I, sorry for those uh, for those uh, I not couldn't watching, resist. Bill's not watching. Omar is wearing a blue Toronto Maple Leaf sweater, and he decided that was the moment to flash the logo uh, on camera. I this is resist. like what, this is one of the few episodes where we don't have to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Omar had to, you know, represent in yeah. some way. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, just have I'm to sure, throw it in there. I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have to find a way to like. We're gonna we're gonna cut to the Leafs at some point because you will find a way to horseshoe them in. But I promise, my intention was to not talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> this week. It was my fault. Um, uh, this week, uh, we know there's some really tough news to take over the weekend uh, with the tragedy uh, with Adam Johnson and a conversation with Net Guards that has come out after that. We'll get to that. Uh, a really interesting non-call in a Vancouver Canucks New York Rangers game from over the weekend that has gotten a lot of people upset. And there's a really interesting discussion to be had about whether or not penalties should be reviewed. But we should talk about the Battle of Alberta that took place over the weekend. Uh, Calgary versus Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium. Pretty much spent an entire weekend in Edmonton. And uh, Avery and I got to hang out. So that was fun. Uh, it, it was good. It, basically, almost every day I saw Avery, he wore some kind of suit and fedora combo. Actually, yeah, that fedora he's wearing on camera, I think he wore that all weekend. Uh, but it was a great time. One. With, with di- How many fedoras do you have? The ones I currently wear, about seven or eight. I cycled through about three or four over the weekend. That's like seven too many. Nah. I once had 25. Jeez. You had 25? <laughs> so seven, wow. yeah. seven is the reduced number. That's hilarious. Because I, I, well, well, when your, your head grows, so you'll grow somebody's hats. You gotta give them away because they don't fit anymore. So. <laughs> do mm-hmm. you, do these fedoras have like size charts? You have to be like, oh man, like I'll grow this size six. <laughs> I wear this size eight. Okay. No, um, what did you think? We'll start, Avery, and then we'll get to everyone else who may or may not have watched it. But Avery, we were there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought the experience was amazing. I would love to know your thoughts on, on what you thought about the Heritage Classic this weekend. Yeah, well, that was my first ever outdoor game. And um, either Me as too. a member of the media or a fan, I thought it was a cool experience. It was cool to see an angel game in. That setting, of course, Edmonton did beat Calgary in that game. Connor McDavid returned triumphantly after, you know, the one-week injury, one-week, uh, one-to-two report, one week. Yeah. He was back there playing again, got a point. I thought it was a really cool atmosphere. It was fun to see Vincent D'Arnega's first-ever NHL goal. I thought it was a really mm-hmm. fun weekend that um, saw different events around the city. 
got talked to a lot of alumni, a lot of me people were there. I thought it was a really cool time. And hopefully it's not my last outdoor game, Julian. Yeah, I, I, I hope not. Because uh, I, I get like watching on TV, you're not getting that entire experience. Uh, but like being there, mm-hmm. it's actually really fun, especially if you're 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 hanging out in the in the stadium. You're seeing all the yeah. fans wearing all the different jerseys. You're taking part in some of the events that are happening in and around the city and stuff. Especially in our jobs as media people, yeah. like getting to like ha- like reconnect with all of the the media people there and people who are just flying, like all the bigwigs, right? Like mm. you see like Elliot Freeman like walking around and all that. Like David Amber, that's fun. Yeah. David, Am- I didn't even get to see David Amber while I was I there. did, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did. Well, lucky you. You're you find a way to meet everybody. <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> find a way to meet everybody. People, lucky you. People, people came to kiss your rings as well. People, I saw people coming to kiss the rings of Julian McKenzie as well too. You, you no, big, you big was, thing that was too. not happening. That was not happening. <laughs> I literally went to a karaoke bar with our with our good buddy uh, Tony Brar, who works with the Edmonton Oilers, and like he was like the big dude at that at that place, and like he's taking this photo. <laughs> And like these fans are like like going up to it, be like, "Yo, man, we want to take this photo." I like accidentally, like not accidentally, I like creeped into this photo he was in, and this one woman was like, "I don't want that guy in the photo. I want Tony. I don't want this guy." I literally she said got that? told off. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I saw you nah. taking a picture. I didn't know the woman said that to you. That's no, wild. I, I, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. It's okay. <laughs> what did you guys think of how the Oilers and the Flames uh, appeared at that game? Not like the jerseys. I mean, like the costume getups. Like the the Flames were wearing like the overalls with the the hat. It was Nazem Kadri's idea, which mm. I I got a bit. I did not expect that. And then uh, the Oilers were wearing like the construction cut with these blue like jackets. And these like hard hats, mm-hmm. like what what do you guys think of those like the getups before the game? I know we'll, we can talk about the game and how both <laughs> of these teams are trying to wake up their seasons, but like I want I want to talk about the costumes first. Like that, that's that's very eye grabbing in terms of attention. Yeah. Uh, what was the temperature there? Did anyone know? Anyone? anyone it was know? like three it was degrees. Plus, it was like plus three, three degrees. Okay. It, was so it wasn't like okay. So it wasn't like that bad. That was the first thing that came came to mind. Now, like when I saw some of the outfits, I was like, oh. Okay, so temperature is not is not a thing, but I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like different teams for different outdoor games like have some variant of of that. Like the when the <laughs> least when the least had their outdoor game, they had some type of like I think construction, yeah, type 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 of get up. So I don't know. I, I guess it's a fun little like camaraderie aspect of love it. You know, trying to like find different ways to guess get you know get the team buzzing i think for the game and considering the how both teams were heading into this game i think they definitely needed it um i don't know if you can like start moving into the game i'm surprised yes, that absolutely. mcdavid only got one point because i don't know i thought i don't know I, I guess i was just expecting him to go off because usually he does when he comes back from injury but again like we you know i, I mentioned in, in our group chat like one of the first things that came to mind when it was even brought up that mcdavid was playing i was like huh are they rushing him can we just say? Can I just say this? Like Avery and I, we 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 had heard that he was going to play. There was yes. a really good chance he was going to play like days before this all came to a head. <laughs> he wasn't missing that game, right? Mm-mm. Like, and even Mm-mm. if he did, and even if he felt so so, I still think the NHL was like waiting at the Oilers like locker room, be like that boy better play because like ain't no way you have this big game, this yeah. big stadium, all these people coming from all over, tens of thousands of fans. And your prize player, your number one player, has some minor injury. It, like you want him to play in that game. You pay all that, but you see all the ticket prices for mm-hmm. that game. 
hundreds of dollars, even depending on where you're sitting in that in that stadium. You might not have even had the best view. You hope to hell that he plays. Look, I get you don't want to rush yourself. You want to mm-hmm. heal whatever injury you have. And and look, if, if it means he had to miss the game, it was going to be the case. But I did not believe for a second he was going to miss that game. I think he was going to play that game the whole way. And I was not surprised to see him practice the day before. And then the very next day after, he ends up playing in that game. Also, fun story. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like during the Flames practice, uh, like by ringside, like I was just like hanging out, just like watching the practice and all that. And I was like, man, this is so cool. The kid is adorable. I was like jumping into the boards and all that. <laughs> I only discovered after the fact I was technically not allowed to be in that spot. Like I, I don't know how that happened. I learned that too as well. I was down. I was down two for a second. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be down here, should I? No. <laughs> you didn't get tackled or anything. No. You know what's crazy? I was walking <laughs> past the security guard, and I thought really? he was gonna do something. He didn't do anything. You know why? You know why? Because you're Julie why? McKenzie. That's why. I guess that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Walk Preach. by just like. Okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the day before the game, and all mind you, I mean, maybe it was a little bit more lenient then, but like mm-hmm. on game day, like for sure, they had people like on the outside, like yeah, making sure uh that nobody was going to do that. <laughs> Literally, I try, I tried to get down at ice level for an interview, and like a bunch of security people were like, "No, nah, we're not letting you through." And like even like a camera guy who I like recognized for being at like Flames games, like yeah. was like, "No, man, that's Julian. Like you guys know who this is. Like this, <laughs> like let it through. Like it just didn't work." <laughs> oh, it, it it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so the Flames lose and the Oilers win, mm-hmm. and we've talked about how the Oilers have are on to this bad start. And I mean, it looks like they're trying to turn their season around. But what about the Flames, though, man? Like, guys, I I live in the city. <laughs> it is not fun right now. It is not fun. It is bad. It is bad. Like, like remember when the Canucks started off the season bad last year? Mm-hmm. Sam is Sam. I did, okay. Look, okay. I'm not a fan of the Flames. Like, I cover the team. But, like, you know what it's like to see a team with whatever expectations, like, start off this bad. Can you give me some advice on how to go through these next few weeks? Because I don't know if I can handle this. I really need some advice. Uh, I don't have any advice for you. Damn it! If I, Sam doesn't have, have anything, well, you know them. what? Forget it. I'm I'm done. Like, Forget it. If you if you didn't have to write about them, I would just say just Don't stop watch. watching. <laughs> <laughs> stop watching. <laughs> Look, yeah. like I got. Here's the thing: it's not fun. It's not fun oh, at it's all. It's, yeah. it's 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 like not to go off here, but I'm just gonna go off here. This Calgary Flames team. This tough start, like nine games in, the I remember the vibes were supposed to be fun, and and this heavy cloud was supposed to be gone because Daryl Sutter's gone. It's not fun, bro. This team, like they they're not fast. They rarely take control of games. Tyler Toffoli, who they traded away, has like scored more goals in the last week than the team has as a whole. They've only have three goals at five on five in their last like four or something games. It's not fun. People have already turned mm-hmm. on Jonathan Huberto. Nassim Kadri has yeah. like two points in like eight games. Yeah. But like justified because again, like they're the Calgary Flames are, are in that sweet spot where 
a lot of the anger and the frustration can be amplified by their cap friendly. Shout out to capfriendly.com. Uh, because you, you look at Jonathan Huberto's uh, play and stat line, it's like, okay, he has like, uh, what, like, like, think like two goals, three assists, like something like that. Like, yeah, like five points yeah. in like however many games, like eight or nine games. Five, eight, five points in eight games. Yeah. Which, you know, okay. Now, in a general sense, not horrible. But he's making $10.5 million. Not enough, right? <laughs> Nazem Kadri. What was Nazem? What's Nazem Kadri at? No, he's kind of like at least seven mil, right? You're making plenty yeah. of money, man. Make seven million. That's a lot. Who else? That's Blake Coleman. Money, I think man. Blake Coleman makes six. Does he not? Six or five? Blake Coleman has at least two goals. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they're they're Blake at Coleman that. Has at least, I know he has at least two goals. I have seen yeah. those two goals yeah. for Blake Coleman. And then again, when you think about like all the all the decision, the Tyler Toffoli uh, um, uh, moving, like like there there's so many things. And last year there was an easy person to blame. It's Sutter. Yep. We can't play the way we want to play. We can't we can't be fun in the offensive zone. We have to do do the boring stuff like like stick check and block shots and and cover the neutral zone and stuff. We can't just be who we are. And at the beginning of the year, Julian, as you mentioned, it was all about fun, right? And now we're sitting here, we're, we're, we're about to head into November, we're about, to, we're about to hit that sweet milestone that a lot of us like, like, like the American, American Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving one, and it's not looking good, and there aren't any signs of it improving. So at this point, who, who's the consensus 2024 draft pick? It's either Backlund, Celebrini, or Cole Iserman. And I'm very glad you brought that up, because you Fo- know what I thought follow, about Omar? Following, following for... I don't know. I was trying Slacking to try to for Macklin. There we or, go. There we go. Or or uh, something to do with Cole. But here's yeah. but here's another reason why I thought about Sam with that question I asked. Don't you remember how last season went for the Vancouver Canucks, where they had a really bad start to the year and they had put themselves in a prime opportunity for a number one overall pick to put to change their fortunes. And then they, no, they weren't nearly they, bad enough. Then they improved. That's for no the reason. problem. That's they the really problem. Bad enough. They Even then, worse. that's it. Still, yeah. still, they did. Dude, they started zero and seven, and they weren't anywhere close. They had like a three percent chance at Connor Bedard. It doesn't matter. My yeah. point is this: they made the changes, they got themselves better, and they became a mid team that missed the playoffs. The Calgary Flames ultimately Stupidest decision possible. Yes, yeah. and the Calgary Flames are still too good of a team. Consider, consider the fact they still have to adjust to all these concepts on offense and defense. They are still too good of a team to hang out in that basement. This yeah. is a team that is going to end up back in that mushy middle that everyone in this in this market hates, and either they're going to just miss the playoffs again, or maybe they make it, and who knows what will happen. But uh, it is not fun right now. Just I, I think, wonder think of your what, boy, please. Yeah. I wonder. I just wonder at what point do you decide as an organization of, hey, we're done here, let's start making some moves because, like, they they if they play this very well and maybe just accept or or quote unquote give up on the season. Again, I'm talking about management, not the players. Like, right. they could have a very interesting year, like trade wise. There are still some question marks. Noah Hannafin, Elias Lindholm. About about a week or so ago, mm-hmm. talks were progressing with, with re-signing Noah Hannafin. I'd like, pause that. Well, I'd, Noah's like, oh, ah, oh yeah, smash that. <laughs> smash the pause button <laughs> yeah. on, on that. I need to Elias reevaluate Lin- things. 
Elias Lindholm. So many people like wanted as many as as much of a return as they could get in mm-hmm. the offseason. And then he goes up in front of everyone. He's like, look, y'all know what I need. I want to stay here. Y'all better pay me. Now, if you're Craig Conroy, do you really want to do that? I don't know if you want to do that right now, especially mm-hmm. if this team is not that good. But al- what also scares me is like, what if the team gets better and maybe they're not even in like, you know, like a, a top two spot in the division. Like even if they're fighting for a playoff spot, like what is the threshold for this team to say, okay, you know what? We're still not good. Like what is good? What's it going to take for Craig Conroy to be like, okay, I need to sell assets because there's still a part of me that wonders that like, if they show like even a little bit of hope, he mm-hmm. might still reward them and try to make the playoffs. Like there's a part of mm-hmm. me that I think might, might that might happen. I mean, and I just, think a lot of he might yeah, they he, might do that. He just might do that anyway. Like, like I, yeah. I can understand from an organizational point and maybe from the fan the fan point where like, hey, let's just let's just accept that we're gonna be bad and just like try to, you know, get as many assets as possible, get the highest draft pick possible. But like you have a GM who this is his first year, and again, he's trying to keep players, especially after like a, a couple of years of losing players, he's trying to keep them as well. And I don't know. I, I it, it ended up being funny, but like yeah. if I like like would it surprise anyone if Calgary like bought? Nope. I, I wouldn't be surprised because it I think be at some point at you, you probably have to try to salvage something to show those stars who where right now it's not a guarantee they're gonna stay that like hey, there's something worth worth doing. Like, yeah, this is just a rut, this is a bad patch, but you know, the core of this team, whatever you want to call that core is, can still be together and win. And the core is not going anywhere. So they if they are going to tank this year, it has to only be like one year. They can't go on like a stretch of like three or four years because at that point, then what did you make those trades for? And 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 if those players you, you made moves for are still playing at a low level, what are you going to get for them in return when you try to sell them? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a situation like what you tried to do with Sean Monaghan where you traded him to a team and you told them to take a first-round pick so you can take them off your hands? So you can sign Nassim Kadri. By the way, Sean Monaghan doing very well to start off the year for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. Top five team in the league, by the way. Who? What? Montreal Canadiens. They're a top five team in the league? I mean, on Saturday night they were. Uh... Stop stop it. Omar's face. Oh, look at horror on Omar's face. What? What? Okay. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) So I understand we're doing this on a Monday. After this, we'll go straight to the next topic. We're doing this on a Monday. It'll be Tuesday by the time you get this. Um, The Toronto Maple... Actually, you're going to love this, Omar. Oh, no. Eight games through. Toronto and Montreal. Exact same record. Exact same points percentage. Uh, Both teams with the same number of of, uh, the ROW column. Uh, I think the beliefs have one more regulation win than the Montreal Canadiens do. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not good. But also, I... I said I wouldn't make this episode about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> so it's time for us to get to the next topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was probably I don't know why. No, no, I was at a bar. I was probably watching a little bit of this game. Uh, Avery, we were hanging out at uh, what was the. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Probably went to on Saturday night with uh, Andrew Berkshire and the rest of the game. Over oh, Craft. Uh, yes, we were at Craft, And in the background, uh, the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Rangers were playing. Uh, I have to you admit. Teams have the same record as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, <laughs> damn. Damn, damn, damn. Not damn, only that, damn. but the Canucks have scored 31 goals for, which yes. is, uh, I believe, seven more than the Leafs. Actually, when you look at it, uh, four teams have uh, the exact 5-2-1 record. The Vancouver Canucks, the New Jersey Devils, and the Leafs and the Munchak Canadians. Okay. Yep, also, uh, I'd like to point out that both Elias Pettersson and JT Miller have more points than Nylander, Tavares, and Matthews. Combined? No, not combined. Oh, not combined. <laughs> but like they're ahead of. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, I have to stop ripping on his contract. Oh, okay, okay. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so the Rangers won their game over the Canucks over the weekend. Uh, there was a very interesting end to that game. Uh, Chris Kreider and, and Elias Pettersson uh, collided into each other. It sort of looked like Pettersson might have been tripped on that play. It led to a goal against uh, in overtime. A lot of people are very upset. Did did the referees get this right? Is this the wrong call? More importantly, should coaches be allowed to call for review on these debatable type of plays? Like, are we at a point now where we could we could do this? Should we do this? I don't know. Omar, what do you think yeah. of this? Uh well, Sam, first, or Sam, or Sam, do you no, want to tackle this first? And then Omar, like, let's no, say let Omar go first. Okay, go Omar, go ahead. Um, so yeah, so I saw many angles of the clip and for a lot of it, I, I understood how I understood why the call wasn't made, like why, you know, why the, the ref might've just assumed that it was just like, you know, incidental contact trip or whatever. Um, despite the fact that there are many instances where, you know, skating skates colliding anyway, leads to a penalty. So whatever, but in that sense, I understood why. Um, and then there's an angle that I think that's being been more popularized now where uh, it starts off with, with, you know, you're seeing uh, Pedersen's back and then you see Kreider kind of coming out from the right side. And at the last minute, you do see Kreider kind of like advance his leg forward. I looked at that and I was like, huh? Yeah, that's a trip. Um, but now do I expect the ref to get that in real time? Probably not. Again, I understand why they, why they called it that way, but upon review of it. Yeah. Okay. That's a trip. And then it sucks that that play leads directly to the goal against and the eventual game win game winner for the Rangers. Um, now I've been a big proponent on how annoying video review is and can be. But I think in instances like that where it directly leads to the outcome of a game, like overtime, for example, or like a game tying goal, like, and again, there are a lot of things that happen in those final minutes of games where the refs just decide, you know what, do whatever, and they don't call anything, even though some of those things can lead again to goals against or maybe be stop, stop goal goals from happening. I don't know. I, I think I I wouldn't hate the idea of like, 
every coach getting like a one, you know, just like one, one call that they could just like look at, look at again. I wouldn't hate it again, just because as a Leafs fan, I've seen many instances of, you know, playoff series winners where a penalty is being done right in front of the ref. And yeah, it is yeah, not yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Radko Gudis. I remember you holding on to Cal Yarncroke's stick and preventing him from freaking scoring the goal and then having the, the, the audacity to scream. Okay, now you're starting to project your own yeah. personal feelings onto this. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Overall, I do think that it could be something that could be beneficial. Obviously, it has to be contained because we already hate the long review process anyway. But yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it was a penalty. And I think having that option could be interesting. Okay, can I jump in on this? Because... I'm all for getting stuff right. I'm all for video review to be that device that we use to ensure that calls are done right. I am fed up with how offside reviews have taken over and we use them. And I feel if we get to a point where we allow coaches, even to allow just have them one opportunity to look at a penalty and be like, "Eh, I don't know, especially even if it is something that could decide a game. I hate that idea. So you I just don't, think so you so you don't care about like, getting things right. No, I do care about stuff getting stuff right. I just don't trust that process being done, okay. even if you okay. give them that opportunity to okay. get it right. Okay. And and on that. top of the fact that like video reviews already take unnecessarily long to figure out. Like, I don't know. I just I maybe it's just my general view and feelings of the league. I feel like giving coaches that one uh that one review. Say like, hey man, like I think that was that was wrong. That should be called back. Do you trust the? Do you trust whoever is going to be reviewing it to get that right? They might get it right. They might also not get it right. And the last thing I need is for a game to be slowed down even more because of video review. Again, with with that, that's that's just my thoughts and feelings about it. I I don't know, man. Like I I want stuff to be done right. I just want the referees to get it right in 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 real time. If we need to bring on the robot referees, so be it. AI, I don't care at this point. Like, I I don't know if I want more video review. I never thought I'd get to this point in my life where I would say this. I don't know if I want it. So I I I, I don't agree with Omar. Mm. I can't wait. T-shirt. I can't wait for when the Flames like battle back and then make the playoffs and then make it to the Stanley Cup final. And then there's like an egregious penalty that's called right beforehand, and then that ends up being the, the winner and they lose. And then the and then the announcers are like, "Oh wow, it would have been so great if they if we had." I mean, they, had they wouldn't call it back review. anyway. Like they gave that's, the Dallas Stars the cup. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Also, <laughs> confetti fell also, and everything. <laughs> the Calgary the Calgary Flames also had an instance where a goal that probably should have been allowed uh, was never uh, reviewed. Yeah, that's true. That's Which true. I don't even remember if we had video review in two thousand four. But we that's did. besides the we, point. No, we did. Yeah. Okay, so they just messed up. Anyway. (laughs) I mean, it was, I think, recognizing that I probably have Homer tendencies, notwithstanding that my usual position (laughs) is to mock this team. (laughs) I think that was a blatant trip, and I don't know how two separate referees missed it. I understand the argument for not slowing down the game further, Um But I think the position has to be, look, either you can review an offside that was like 90 seconds before a goal and Mm -hmm. call the goal off. So then you have to be able to review these as well. 
because the rationale has to be consistent or you get rid of the offside reviews, which is what you should do. Yeah. So that's like, that's my position. You can't have one without the other because that's a completely arbitrary application of the rules, which I guess is the name of the game here. But on top of that, the absurdity of it is still that the ref missed a call that directly impacted the outcome of what was a very good game. Mm -hmm. And no one can ask them anything about it. Mm. Not only can no one ask them anything about it, you got Alan Walsh out here saying Gary's cracking down on coaches saying you can't complain. You tell me, you're telling me Rick Tocchi can't come out here and shred the refs for that? Like, I'm sorry. If anybody's going to get fined $25,000 for that, Rick Tockett should have taken the $25,000 fine. I am pro. I am pro coaches giving $25,000 fine press conferences. I want more of them, not less of them. Rick like, Tockett has more than enough money to pay for that fine. Go ahead, Avery. The whole concept, I think, is absurd. If an official, an official makes a, a clearly bad call, a coach doesn't like it, they're fined, they're punished. It doesn't, it's still to me, doesn't make sense for calling out egregious mistakes and getting pushed by losing money for it. Yeah, especially in a game like hockey where the word accountability is used so many times. Like, all the time. Like, oh, you have to be accountable. You have to be accountable. You have to be accountable. It's okay. So can we talk about this this blatant mistake that, that took place? And, like, we can con- we can connect it to um what happened recently in, a, in an avalanche game where uh, McKinnon, there was a bad hit on McKinnon. There was no call. The ref was right there. McKinnon mm-hmm. mouse off to the ref. He gets kicked out of the game. And after the game, Jared Bednar was pretty much saying, like, well, look, along the lines of, like, if you're going to miss the call, like, at least be, at least, like, I don't know, like, like take the criticism. Now, granted, you know, if he's saying, like, you know, F you, F this, whatever, yeah, well, it makes sense. Like, the dude's angry. Like, like his knee goes into the boards. That that could easily could have been, like, a serious, serious injury there. There's no call. So, like, it's not acknowledged at all. So, like, what do you expect him to say? Just, like, twiddle his thumbs and like skate off and then again to sam and avery's point like if you if there's no opportunity for the ref to talk about it or explain like hey this is what i saw or this is what i didn't see then how else are they supposed to discuss it how else are they supposed to clear the air there it's just it's just an it's just an open-ended ending at that point yeah it just always blows my mind at the fact that we don't have that opportunity to properly talk to referees in this way about about these types of calls it's a topic we are going to continue to discuss very much on this show uh one final topic i want to get to before we wrap up here uh tragic news uh occurring in the hockey world with uh one-time pittsburgh penguin adam johnson uh unfortunately uh, having his neck cut by a skate in a in a game overseas and uh unfortunately losing his life and obviously we are very sad about that and we we think of his family at at, at, at this time and pass on condolences but I'm fascinated by the conversation that has come out from this, where people are wondering how long until we mandate neck guards for professional hockey players in North America. There are European leagues that have it. Uh, the English Ice Hockey Association uh, mandated it for their players starting December 31st. How long until we see NHL players doing this? Uh, okay, Avery, go, go. Go ahead, Avery. It should be tomorrow. It should be tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, I saw the incident. I never want to see it again. It's horrific. It's horrific to, horrific to watch. Tomorrow, like, I don't want to see another player have to have this happen to them ever again. We saw some guys in AHL wearing neck guards. It's your neck. It's a very, very important area of your body that should have been protected a long time ago. 
we shouldn't have these discussions anymore. We already saw it happen to Clint Malarchuk, Richard Zednick, and now Adam Johnson. Like, it should be tomorrow that we see his mandate in the NHL. It really should be. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm of the same agreement. I think that the sooner we have this, the better. Uh, I don't know what the process is. It will be like for the NHL to make it work. But I, I, I think just the idea that we've seen all these innovations with helmets and and visors and 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 even wrist guards to this point, I, I think it just makes sense to me to to see that happen with with next stuff. Uh, I'm really intrigued at the fact that pe- that pros when they 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 outgrow minor hockey, they get to a point where it just doesn't feel comfortable. Like I, I've never been at that point where I could mm-hmm. kind of you know attest to why it feels uncomfortable. But I'm I'm fascinated at how people. Like I read a story of the athletic about how TJ Oshi had heard about an incident with, with a kid getting cut in the neck by a skate blade and had looked into all like neck guard protection stuff and still didn't wear it. And then it took this incident with Adam Johnson for him to be like, Oh, you know what? Maybe I should do this again. Like this yeah. is, it's really intriguing to me. Uh, Omar, if you want to, if you want to say something, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah. I think just the interesting thing is, is the comfort aspect as to why like, a lot of people, like regardless of like the level, whether it's just like, you know, professional leagues or just like, you know, if you're a casual player or a rec league or something, like a lot of people mention the comfort aspect of it. And I think that's what I'm interested to see. Maybe this can be one of the first steps where, where they finally say, okay, well, you know what, like, this is something that's necessary, but a lot of people are saying that it's uncomfortable. So why is it uncomfortable and how can we get it to a, to a point where if, players do wear this while they're playing then it doesn't feel like an adherence or doesn't feel like it's it's an irritant or it holds them back just so it's easy to wear because you know to Avery's point like it's it's safety at the end of the day and you know and I don't think the NHL should have to wait until something like this happens in the league to take a step in that direction so um yeah I'm interested to see how they go about it as well Sam do you want last word yeah I mean I think Whenever these things happen, I always think about how shocking it is that, I mean, I get it. It's a thing. It's largely players saying they don't want to wear these things, that they're uncomfortable. But like you grow up wearing a ton of gear, a ton of protection. Like I remember, you know, like this isn't the first time we've seen these freak accidents happen. It's it's like I remember Tucker Tynan getting his his thigh sliced playing in the mm-hmm. OHL a couple of years ago. And it's, it's crazy to me that you're playing on blades that are this sharp and that you, you'd just rather be comfortable than kind of take every precaution you can. And I get that it's rare. It's a freak accident, but this strikes me as just another one of those uniquely NHL NHLPA issues where they don't really seem to actually prioritize the safety of players. Like to me, this is something the PA should be all over. And, you know, I think probably their position is, you know, players don't want to do it. So like, what are you going to do about it? And I don't like, I don't know how you get around that, that mentality. Um, And I just, yeah, I did. I didn't see the video. I hope I never see the video. Me neither. And I uh, just got to say that for all the like right wing freaks out there who are like threatening Matt Patrick with his like threatening him and like making this about race, you can burn in hell. I don't care. Like, shut up. Yeah, that, mm. that's well said. I, I have not watched the video. I 
up until today, I haven't even really thought about the other person who was at the unfortunate end of, of that accident. I mean, I don't think anyone should be thinking that it, with regards to the, to the tragedy with Adam Johnson. I think a lot more people will be better served just to, you know, just express condolences to the family and, and just don't get to that nasty side of things. That's a little bit unfortunate, bit of a rough way to end the show in terms of, of a little bit of a sad topic, but still an important topic. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be back uh, next week with, you know, more zone time, Avery, Obar, Sam. Thanks as always. Uh, we'll have uh, some more NHL stuff. The NHL will find a way for us to to dunk on it again, as it always seems to do uh, whenever we do this show. Uh, subscribe <laughs> to the podcast, uh, whether on whatever audio platform you listen to us on. Uh, we have YouTube clips as well on the Yahoo website. You can find us there as well. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So long and peace. Peace.